Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 184, Scarcity versus Abundance. It's January 16th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and more. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. There is no longer any music for my podcast intros or outros in an effort to be inclusionary for people who are hard of hearing or have some hearing loss, as it is difficult for an individual with hearing loss to discern words when they are combined with music. I request that you get other podcasters and social media individuals to ditch the music when combined with voice. That would be inclusionary. That would be a great service to humanity. That's the end of my intro minus the music. Scarcity versus abundance. This is an amazing topic. I'm very excited. Before I break this apart for you, I would invite you to visit my website and enter my giveaway. I will handle having the winners picked and the winners notified later this year, once I'm a little more recovered from my accident. As my disclaimer, as mentioned in the intro, nothing in my podcast or any of my content in any other format is intended or designed to be medical or therapy advice. It's simply not that. On to transcripts. I do have transcripts currently on my hosting platform, rss.com. They are, however, just a mess. I do anticipate in the coming weeks or month uh, to have some better format, more usable format for transcripts. They may end up being on my website. We're working it out, going back to something I was using in 2022. So my apologies on the transcripts. Next up, if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling suicidal or hopeless, or you believe that life is simply too hard for you to continue, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is help available. Please make that call or text. Scarcity versus abundance. Well, for some of you listening to this podcast, you kind of know where this is going. For others of you listening to this podcast, you're kind of scratching your head and wondering what I'm talking about. I am talking about a mindset or a mentality, which I will get into. Let's start with the definitions of scarce. Scarce as an adjective means insufficient to meet a demand or requirement or in short supply. It also means hard to find, absent or rare. Abundant as an adjective means plentiful, occurring in abundance, fully sufficient, plentiful, in copious supply. So we get the definitions of scarcity and we get the definition of abundance. So a scarcity mindset or a scarcity mentality or outlook is one where you're coming from lack, L-A-C-K. There is not enough. There's not enough to go around. If you get some, that means there's less for me. 
this is a belief system, an attitude, a mindset, whatever language you want to call it, which is distinctly different, very different from an abundance mindset, outlook, or mentality. With an abundance mentality, there's plenty to go around. You getting something doesn't mean less for me. You having abundance makes no difference for me. There's plenty for me. Now, this is said to have been coined by Stephen Covey in his Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. I beg to differ if we go back to the beginning of the earliest philosophers and writers. People have been talking about everything that we talk about today, back in the Dark Ages. Now, what is the significance of whether you're looking at life through scarcity or the lens or mentality or mindset of abundance? Well, I want you to go back to a podcast I did yesterday, actually published today, on the power of your mind. The power of your mind has a direct and definitive impact on your blood chemistry and therefore your health and well-being. I talk about the science of how your brain will change your blood chemistry in that podcast. Very important for you, in my humble opinion, to understand the impact of your thinking, your mindsets, your outlooks, your belief systems on your health and well-being. That podcast will help you. And of course, I would like you to take advantage of the power of your mind. A quick dive into the research on scarcity versus abundance, okay? So this is from uh, Scarcity in Consumer Decision-Making. Is scarcity a mindset, a threat, a reference point, or a journey? This is from the Journal of the Association for Consumer Research by Kelly Goldsmith et al., Volume 5, Number 4. So there is has been, in recent years, an interest, an academic interest in scarcity. We have a book titled Scarcity, Why Having Too Little Means So Much by Molothan and Schaefer, who proposes that scarcity of diverse resources like time and money can have similar cognitive and behavioral consequences. It's a good article for giving you four different points of view on scarcity. I don't think it was worth including, so I didn't include it, but you have the reference point. Also, Dan Vermeer, an associate professor of practice and executive director of EDGE from Duke, lists some different points about scarcity. With scarcity, people become more narrowly focused and myopic. They rely more on their emotions. They become less rational in their evaluations. Reasoning becomes more tunneled and short-term, neglecting longer-term costs and benefits. The likelihood for collaboration is less in a scarcity mindset and the attitude of we have to quote unquote borrow from the future becomes more predominant. So there's some points of view. Now this Princeton psychologist Eldar Schaefer, S-H-A-F-I-R, in the American Psychological Association publication from February 2014, volume 45, number two, page 28, has some interesting points. According to Mr. Schaefer, people's minds are less efficient when they feel lack. When they feel they lack something, which includes money, time, calories, or, or championship, or companionship, their minds are less efficient. In With consumers, scarcity 
consumes their mental bandwidth, which should be a, a concern. This can also, the scarcity mindset, can lead to a preoccupation that imposes ongoing cognitive deficits and reinforces self-defeating actions. Being poor requires so much mental energy that people with limited means are more likely to make mistakes and bad decisions than people who have a greater financial cushion. This then becomes important for those people, organizations, and entities that are dealing with people who are in poverty or low income. Now, another thing, <laughs> Uh, the the from the research interestingly enough from social cognitive and effective neuroscience scarcity mindset reduces empathetic response into responses to others in pain this is the behavioral and neural evidence from March 8 2023 introducing a scarcity mindset significantly dampens the ability of people to empathize with others in pain during both the early and late stages of empathetic processing. So we have some negative impacts of a scarcity mentality. Why does this matter? Well, number one, we have poverty throughout the world in the United States and all throughout the world. And poverty is, is a problem of scarcity. It, you can be poor, you can be financially poor or resource, resource poor and still have an abundance mentality. These are not mutually exclusive. However, when many people or a majority of people are lacking whether it's poverty of money, resources, companionship, or what have you, they will often adult, adopt a scarcity mindset. It's also important, number two, because of domestic abuse and domestic violence. What we know from the research is economic abuse, which is basically scarcity. Scarcity is what economic abuse results in. We know that that's an integral part of domestic violence, affecting 25% of women in the US and one in nine men with respect to int intimate partner physical violence being severe. Children who are raised in domestic abuse, which may not include violence, are extremely likely to develop a scarcity mindset because of the economic abuse. There's never enough money. A third reason why this matters is because empathy is important in society and in relationships and a scarcity mentality or a scarcity mindset can dampen that as we've seen from the research. The fourth reason this matters is because of the impact on mental health and decision making, which can be positive in an abundance mindset or negative in a scarcity mindset. And the fifth reason why this really matters is because one mindset feels way better than the other, which does not include the blood chemistry changes that I talk about in the Power of Your Mind podcast. So what are the emotions of scarcity? Well, we've got fear, panic, worry, concern, stress, sadness, anger, resentment, jealousy, envy, contempt, loss, despair, anguish, dissatisfaction, remorse, feeling ripped off. The list goes on and on and on. How do those emotions feel? Well, clearly they don't feel good. What we know from the brain chemistry from Bruce Lipton in the podcast I talk about of the power of your mind, this is going to have a negative impact on your well-being, your blood chemistry. 
The emotions of abundance include joy, pleasure, happiness, satisfaction, content, freedom, peace, being peaceful, love, bliss, excitement, wonder, generosity, and the list goes on. These are very different emotions than the emotions of scarcity. And hopefully you can see and hear the difference between the emotions associated with the two different mindsets. Let's look at scarcity in life. So in life, scarcity is, is common for some people. So we have scarcity, could be scarcity of time, money, resources, friends, scarcity of love and affection, a scarcity of deep, meaningful relationships and conversations. Scarcity could apply to living spaces, transportation, having a purpose in life, having enough fun, play, laughter, having a beautiful future that you are creating, having me time or downtime, and the list goes on. Almost every area of life, scarcity could be applied depending on where you are. So look at your life right now in this moment. And if you know right now, listening to this podcast, that you come from a scarcity mentality and there's never enough, my request is that you do not beat yourself up. That's my request. You may do it. Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. It's just not helpful. You could listen to the balance of this podcast with a wide-eyed sense of wonder and curiosity. Oh, what would my life be like if even though I'm poor or even though I don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or wife or children or this or that or whatever, what if I came from abundance? You could have curiosity and a sense of wonder. So my request is if you know or you suspect that you come from scarcity, please let that go for now and just let the words of this podcast wash over you with a sense of wonder and curiosity. I did say in a recent podcast that what you focus on expands or that's also where your energy goes. When you're focusing on scarcity or lack, that is what will expand. When you're focusing on abundance and having plenty of everything, even though it might not be, you know, empirically true, you can still have that mentality. You can be creating love and affection in your life as a goal and come from abundance even though you might not have love and affection. These are just not mutually exclusive, although people tend to live from, well, I don't have money, so therefore I don't I don't have enough. I'm not I'm not in abundance. I pursue creating romantic love showing up on my life. So that's what I'm creating. Now, is there currently a romantic love interest in my life? No, not yet, but I'm still creating from abundance. That it's coming, it's here, it's happening. Like, just because it's not here right now in this exact moment does not mean that I cannot come from abundance because the reality is there are plenty, there are a gazillion old single men who would love to have a great woman in their life and I only need one man. So abundance is where I'm operating from with respect to that. It's a very powerful mentality. To maximize a feeling of abundance, what would be helpful would be to bring anticipation and visualization into whatever area you're working on, whatever area goal you have. I do have a podcast about the power of 
anticipation and visualization, which I actually enjoy. I do it. I do anticipation and visualization every day, people. I do, and I enjoy it. It's fun. It feels amazing. It's fantastic. There's everything good about it. And I do talk about some of the medical science where we have we have come so far in understanding the power of visualization and anticipation. So that's a podcast for you. But again, go back to the power of your mind where I talk about the cellular science on how your brain will change your blood chemistry. Scarcity is basically a disempowering attitude or belief, a disempowering mindset. I do have a podcast about empowering attitudes and beliefs because they are important in life if you want to have an amazing, beautiful, powerful life. Disempowering attitudes and beliefs shoot yourself in the foot. They're just not good for your mental or emotional ban- your mental or emotional health. Now, interestingly enough, in the research, we heard that scarcity can dampen or, or decrease emotional bandwidth. I do have a podcast about emotional bandwidth, which I do believe is, is a concept in psychology that is extremely helpful for people to understand because there are ways you can boost your emotional bandwidth and there are things in life that will negatively impact your emotional bandwidth. So the more knowledge you have, the more power you have. Knowledge is power. Also, neuroplasticity of the brain will help you make the transition from a scarcity outlook to one of abundance. If you're new to neuroplasticity, which I've talked about over the last uh, year and a half or more, then I have a podcast about neuroplasticity. Basically, you can rewire your brain from scarcity to abundance using the science of neuroplasticity. To do that, to accomplish that, you will need to use intentional actions, intentional thoughts, intentional behaviors, intentional stimuli of some form repeated over time. That will build new neuronal pathways in your brain and rewire your brain. There are lay people books on rewiring your brain, reprogramming your brain. This is a very rich science. I do have to say on the concept of transitioning from scarcity to abundance, using neuroplasticity, one of the easiest, fastest, cheapest ways to accomplish that is through affirmations. Now it has been brought to my attention that in some publications and some gurus tell their people that affirmations are bunk and do not work. Okay, people, guess what? The science does not support that assertion in any fashion whatsoever. The science just says that's bull. So affirmations are one tool to help you move from a scarcity mindset to one of abundance. One of the other areas, before I get into suggestions for you, that will really impact your scarcity mindset moving into abundance is love and affection. So this is an area, love and affection, where many people have have a feeling of scarcity or lack. I say that because being well-loved is an idea that many people would report, if they could be honest, if they could be vulnerable and tell the truth, 
Many people have told me they do not feel well loved in life, and this is true for people of all ages that I have been discussing with this with for over two and a half years now. So this could be, love and affection could be platonic love and affection, it could be romantic, it could be both. I have no skin in the game what type of love and affection you have in your life. That's completely your choice. I do have a, a caveat though, which is that you have love and affection from good people, no bad people. And I know that is a real challenge, I know. We have too many people in the world who are a little expert at hiding their true nature. Many of my podcasts will help you move towards having love and affection, having platonic friends or romantic, whatever, but having more love and affection in your life. Going back to the podcast I've mentioned now at least twice, The Power of Your Mind, that's worth a listen to because the power of the perception, this is the power of the perception of love, will change your blood chemistry as I talk about in the podcast titled The Power of Your Mind, to include dopamine, oxytocin, vasopressin, and a growth hormone, all of which enhance your physical body, your health. It's it's very good for you, as opposed to more negative perceptions. The other area that this is really uh, comes to play in, the scarcity versus abundance, is in domestic abuse. What we know from the research on domestic violence, so this is research based on domestic violence, not domestic abuse, absent the violence. I separate those two because we have a huge amount of domestic abuse that has not become violent or there hasn't been any violence uh, in it at, up to it, up to the point this point in time. So relationships can be abusive and fall under domestic abuse without the violence. But in the domestic violence research, between 94 and 99% of domestic violence survivors have experienced economic abuse, which in my humble opinion makes economic abuse the linchpin in domestic violence. My personal opinion is it's also the linchpin in much of domestic abuse because once a woman or a man gets control of the finances, the game is kind of over in terms of power and control. Why this is so important is because the children who grow up in a household where domestic abuse is present, skip the violence, but just domestic abuse, are extremely more likely to end up with a scarcity mentality because they're growing up in an environment where there's never enough, where there is lack. It's always about lack when economic abuse is present. Economic abuse is basically scarcity. Could be money, could be resources, could be housing, could be all kinds of things. Now the adults who manage to escape domestic abuse with or without the violence are also more likely to have a scarcity mindset, which makes this important for those people. So we have domestic abuse, we have domestic violence, and we have scarcity, which is a problem. It's just a problem always around for you and possibly for your children. 
So there's kind of your overview on scarcity versus abundance. And now I turn your attention to some suggestions to help you make the move towards abundance, to help you make a transition from a scarcity mindset or a scarcity mentality to one of abundance. Number one, my suggestion is commit to make the shift. Commit to make the change. Commit, be all in. Number two, notice. Wake up now and really notice your thoughts about scarcity and lack versus abundance. Where are you feeling scarcity? Is there abundance any in any area? Notice, like this is the time, once you've made the commitment to make a shift from scarcity to abundance, the next piece is to start to become awake and aware where is scarcity showing up in your life? Those are the areas that you can impact. And I would make a list. And if you have lots of them, don't beat yourself up. Just go, oh, wow, isn't this interesting? My whole life is about scarcity. Well, if that applies to you and your whole life is about scarcity, I got good news for you. There are things you can do beyond making a commitment and beyond noticing it's all over in your life. Like it, scarcity is everywhere. So number three, be mindful and be present. This will help you in noticing, becoming awake and aware. Being mindful and being present though has many, many benefits for you, for your mental and emotional health, for you enjoying life in all kinds of ways, which I cover in my podcast about being mindful and being present. Number four, Gratitude is essential. I do have a podcast about gratitude. I am a diehard fan of gratitude. I live my life in gratitude, people. Now, when I say I live my life in gratitude, I'm well aware of the problems and issues I'm facing in life, not just from recovering from a nearly fatal car accident and not just from having all of my money being stolen and fraudulently taken and being left with a pile of debt, which I've resolved, but like I deal with my emotions and then I can move into a state of gratitude. So gratitude will be a very powerful tool for you to make this transition. Number five, I strongly suggest you ditch comparing yourself to others. This is sometimes where people fall into the trap of scarcity. They compare themselves to their neighbors, their coworkers, their friends, their family, whomever, and they come up short. I do have a podcast about comparing yourself to others, which dives into this topic in, in detail, but this is not going to help you move to abundance and maintain an abundance mentality. Number six, do what you have to, you know, do you have what you actually need today? Well, do you have enough food? Do you have shelter? Do you have clothing? Do you have some good people? Like, do you actually have what you need? People actually need very little in life to feel abundant. Some of you listening to this podcast will take issue with that statement. Go right ahead. You can take issue with anything I say. That's not my problem. I know, given where I'm at in life, that I'm abundant. <laughs> I feel abundant, I live an abundant life, and given what's happened to me, I have some resources that are probably could, could use a boost. You can feel abundant without having 
you know, an excess. So I promise you. So do you actually have what you need? Take a look at that. And if not, you can get to work on it. Number seven, say to yourself, now this is where I'm talking about affirmations and rewiring your subconscious and your unconscious mind using affirmations. Say to yourself, I am abundant. I have everything I need. I want for nothing. Now you may want more money. You may want a man or a woman or, you know, to have children or change, you know, like you may want those things. You can still want them and come from abundance. You can still tell your brain, I am abundant. I have everything I need. You can do that even if you have goals on a particular area in life. Number eight, use anticipation and visualization to help your brain move into the imagery that is going to give your blood chemistry the positive things for growth and development and health and well-being. So anticipation and visualization, very fun people. I, I actually love it. I, I really hope you'll listen to that podcast and start using it because it's, it's actually amazing. I first read about visualization as a child, as a teen, young teen, in the Reader's Digest, which was an article about using visualization as an adjunct therapy for cancer patients. So visualization in medicine has been around for a long time. Number nine, love and affection. As previously mentioned, make being well-loved your number one goal if you don't feel well-loved. And even if you feel well-loved, there's like who could have too much love and affection in their life? I don't think you could ever reach a state where you have too much love and affection and you go, oh, I have too much love and affection. Let Let me give some away. I mean, love and affection is the thing you do want to give away. You want to give it to other people, but you want to be well-loved. So that will help you if you get to work on bringing love and affection into your life and being well-loved, that will help your mind, your emotions, everything else. Number 10, reward yourself. I'm a big fan of rewarding myself because they're fun like even today I get a little reward I get to make some food that I would love to make it's a little reward for you know living life and it it makes me smile and laugh and so I have a podcast about having a reward system number 11 please do not diminish demean or doubt the impact of making this shift you may diminish demean or doubt the impact of making the shift. I sincerely doubt you would do that if you listen to my podcast titled The Power of Your Mind. You also might not doubt it if you listen to my podcast titled When You Are in Physical or Emotional Pain. I sincerely doubt you would would have any issue with what I'm saying if you really understood the science of psychoneuroimmunology, which all of which can help you be happier, healthier, and have a, a, a much more amazing life, which is my end game for you, regardless of your end game. That's what I want for you. My next suggestion is to learn and grow your emotional abilities in life. As I discuss, the emotions for scarcity are negative, they fall under the difficult emotions umbrella, and are just deeply problematic and painful. That's that's the emotions of scarcity. The emotions of abundance, on the other hand, are good and love and happiness and contentment and peace. They're all the good stuff. 
When you understand how to manage and process your emotions, you can move through dealing with any painful or difficult emotions. This is the power of learning emotional processing the way that I describe it in my free workbook on my website. It's free, it's right below the Newsweek logo on the right hand side if you're on the internet of the webpage, if you're on a mobile app, it's at the bottom below the Newsweek logo, probably either today or by the end of the week, I will have version 6.0 of the workbook up. Again, it's free, it's downloadable. What's different about the workbook is that I talk about things in emotional processing that we're generally not widely discussing. Yet, based on psychology research, are extremely important. What I talk about in my free workbook is the things that you do in your mind, the thought processes, the, the ways to move through it. If you look on the web currently, at last time I looked, which was November, here's the suggestions. Punch a pillow, talk to a friend, cry, draw a picture, rip up a piece of paper, practice gratitude. Those are the things that, are, that were on the web as of November before I spoke at a conference for how to manage and process your emotions. Those are not bad things, people. I'm not dismissing or diminishing the value or impact of doing those things, yet it is not at all what I'm talking about. I am not talking about that in my workbook. I'm talking about the things that happen in your mind and having them happen at a conscious level, which once you learn emotional processing will become automatic and will become a natural expression of how you do life. Learning how to manage and process your emotions will significantly change your life, how you do life, everything about it. And I do have in the workbook some basic psychology because that factors in to how you manage and process your emotions. If someone is projecting their emotions onto you and you're aware of that, you would process your emotions differently. If you're the safe person for someone and they're doing a verbal visceral attack on you, it might be because they are dysregulated in their emotions and you're the safe person. By the way, I do have a podcast titled When You're the Safe Person. I do recommend that because everyone needs to have a safe person. Unfortunately, we have too many people who do not have a safe person. So the workbook is about 30 some pages. I've added a nice cover in version 6.0, table of contents. It will continue to be revised as we distinguish any missing pieces of what I do because this is my area of high expertise, little did I know. I mean, I didn't know that until 2022. So use the free workbook or you can go buy something. I don't know, like, but learn your emotions because it is your emotions that keep you in scarcity or can help you be in abundance. That's my overview on scarcity versus abundance. This is something that many people operate in scarcity unbeknownst to them, which is reasonable, it's normal, it's okay, it's fine, but yet it's not something that's going to be wildly helpful to you. It can actually be harmful to you. 
So even if you're poor, or even if you don't have the love of your life, or even if you're struggling in life, or even if you have this or that problem, you can still operate from abundance. I promise you, I have been operating from abundance even when I was under economic abuse, even when I was in domestic abuse, even after all my money was stolen. Like, I operate from abundance because that's what I like. It's what feels good to me. Operating from scarcity is not going to feel good to you. So I suggest you get to work on making this transition. Please let me know how I can help you. I've given you the best suggestions I can off the top of my head without going into all the details that I go into in other podcasts. I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 184, Scarcity versus Abundance. I sincerely hope if you're operating from scarcity, you will commit and start making changes to your life so that you can operate from abundance and receive all the benefits that come with an abundance mentality. Please share this podcast on social media to help our fellow human beings move from scarcity to abundance because that's going to be good for them. That's it for now. I do love you.